Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Aaron. And this week we're looking at giving. Whether it's time or money, does the amount really matter? That's right. Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. We are diving into Mark chapter 12. Uh, We're actually going to hit verses 38 through 44. So if you want to open up your Bibles and join us there. Uh, just once again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, just make sure you continue to hit those like buttons, leave us a review. Uh, those all help promote our podcast and, uh, we greatly appreciate reading the reviews and seeing the five-star likes. We're recording this and it was just Father's Day. So you're going to hear this a little late, but we hope you had a great Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, I did kind of because I had to clean out my garage with my wife. That was my but Father's that's what you, you've been wanting it clean. I have so. been wanting it, but it was, it was not your typical fun Father's Day event. No. Um, m- my dad, my grandpa, my brother-in-law, I, and my son all went golfing for the afternoon. We played nine holes at a local course, and, and that was super fun. We've not all five of us played like that before uh, all together at once. So that was super fun. Maybe we'll do that next year, too. How, how did Ryan do? Ryan, he's eight years old. He... um. He smashed him, didn't he? I feel we've never had him tested, but he probably has ADD, <laughs> and that is not a great. He is a I talker. Guarantee he has ADD. <laughs> <laughs> He's a talker, and the golf of game game of golf is pretty quiet. And so he had fun though, um, and it was fun to have him out there. But yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. So, anyways, let's jump into this. Uh, heading on mine here uh, once again, Mark. Chapter 12, verse 38, warning against teachers of the law. Ooh, I feel like we've talked a lot about that lately. It has been, and a lot of the things we've been going through. So uh, maybe that's something we all need to listen to. Yeah. All right, verse 38. And in his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greeting in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. The second section we're going to read is titled The Widow's Offering. So this first one, it's almost like Jesus is using a parallel here with these two. So we'll talk about the first and then we'll go into the widow's offering. But he's looking at these guys in the temple and he's saying, beware of these guys. They act like they have it all together. They are flamboyant about their wealth. They are... Look at me, look at me. And actually, what does your verse 40 say? They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. All right. I wanted you to read that because I felt like yours would probably say it better. Mine says for pretense. Yours says for show. And I think that's a better describe. They're doing it for show. They're doing it to say, look at me, look at me, look what I have, look what I give. Look at my, listen to my prayers. They're long. You've heard those people. They say these prayers and you're like, oh my gosh. Are they ever going to stop? Exactly. Like it was just a quick grace for lunch. And now 25 minutes later, it they're wanting something out of it. Maybe that's a good way to say. Yeah. So it's almost being boastful in your prayer. Like listen to how I can pray and my prayer is magical and yours is short and simple. Yeah. But mine has big fancy words and I can make it last a long time. I'm saying theological Christian-y words. Yeah. When I pray, 
I am not like that at all. As far as the wording, I'm pretty simple. God knows me. I'm a very simple person, but God knows that about me and he sees my heart. And I've, this is funny. We're talking about short prayers. Uh, Aaron and I, we've said it a couple of times, but we're part of another ministry. It's a weekend retreat. And there's one section where there's pretty large emotionally in depth moment that we have with God. And after that we eat, and I've said grace for that meal before. And it's like, how do you, how do you follow, how do you follow up that moment that we just had that amazing breakthrough moment for a lot of guys. And I've literally prayed, God, see the heart, bless the food. Amen. Like it's short. It's simple. God sees our heart when we're praying. We don't need these huge flamboyant words. He sees our heart and understands. Now there's other times where I've eaten at a meal and I've been super hungry and I just want to get that prayer over with where I'm like, thank you for our food. Amen. You know what I mean? And my heart is not out of gratefulness. My heart is get this over with so I can eat. And so he's saying, beware of these people that just make it for show. Yeah. Uh, and I think we can even go further up. So as Nick was reading this section, I underlined a couple things like they show up in the marketplace wearing flashy robes. Mine says flowing robes, but that would be flashy, a, a fancy suit maybe a really colorful suit. So you, you stood out. Uh, if you came into my church, you're, you're a come as you are, or mm-hmm. we are a come as you are church. Um, so most people aren't in suit and ties, but this type of person uh, that he's speaking of would probably show up in a, a suit and a tie and he would be dressed above everybody else. And then he would try and sit in the most important seat. But I think Jesus is, pretty much saying these people reserved their seats and made sure they're like a almost a throne. Yeah. I think is what he's getting at, but I think if if we're watching out for these type of people, you're going to be looking for the ones that are trying to be front and center and they're trying to be too I would you use flashy was yeah. the word you used, yeah. but and they're overly charismatic towards the way they're taking attention and putting in them all- Putting it on themselves. Yes. So maybe, I like the way you say that your churches have come as you are. Maybe that is the way he is where he has the suit and tie. But if he's wearing that to look down on the other people yeah, or so that they look up to him and he starts taking focus off the point of gathering at church or the point of gathering at a Bible study and it's making it more about him and while look at him rather than we're here to praise God, look out for those people that or making it about them, or being showy, because it's not genuine. They're they're trying to get people to look at them, and I'm sure that we've all been guilty of an attitude like that, whether it be the way we dress, whether it be the way we per- have prayed in the past, or whether it's the way we give. We've probably all been guilty of an attitude of, I feel good. Like I, I know specifically some people who I know have given money to help someone out, or given food to help someone out, and they enjoy giving it to them face to face so that they can get that pat on the back so that, that that person knows it was them. Whereas I feel like I'm more the person that says, throw it in an envelope and throw it in the mailbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, with no return label. Yeah. And sometimes it, it is, it is fun to watch people's expression when they get something like you've always seen those YouTube videos or those TikToks or whatever it is where someone is generously given something and they break down and they cry and they're emotional and it's just a heartwarming thing. 
But it's not about that. It's not about getting the recognition. Or maybe it's look watching from across the room as that takes place and not needing that person to know it was me that gave or is I'm the reason you have this job. If you get a reward, if you get on the pat on the back here on earth, that's your reward. Or you can wait and get your reward in heaven where it's going to probably be a little bit better. Yeah, I think this is, uh, and I think we'll even get a little further into this as we get into the widow's offering, but um, it's a good point to do a heart check on yourself. Like, am I showing up to church to be flashy, to be boastful? And I think in verse 40, you could also look at the beginning of that one. Like, am I taking care of the widows or am I just devouring them? Am Am I helping any of that? Or am I just showing up for my own desires, my own needs, my own wants? So I think it's a good section to look at and do a serious heart check. Yeah, what are your motives? Yeah. What are your motives behind the things that you do? Moving on, like we said to the next section, the widow's offering is what mine is titled. Verse 41, and he sat down opposite the treasury. This is talking about Jesus. And watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had and all she had to live on. So... Nick and I have been doing a kind of been doing the series on the parables and we're jumping to this one because it's not necessarily a parable, but this is such a good teaching point of this section and it's yeah. majority of it's red letters. Um, but I think this is another, it's a great heart check. Um, one of the points I'm going to just quickly highlight and the way mine reads is a uh, verse and I don't know, actually, before you say that, I don't know if we've said this in a long time. You and I read different versions of the Bible as we do this. I'm right. the ESV. And I'm NIV. NIV, in which we love to do this, and we recommend doing it out of a couple of versions because you get different points of view. You get different words that make it un- more understandable sometimes. Yeah. Sorry, just want to throw that in there because I feel like we haven't said that in a while. No, we haven't. Uh, so the end of verse 31, mine says many rich people through in large amounts. So they didn't just put it in. They're just walking by and tossing it in. I read that as kind of having a bad attitude towards giving that amount of money. They're just giving it out of obligation or out of a prideful way. Like, boom, did you hear all the money I just dropped in there? Oh, yeah, that's a good way to You know, yeah. like I'm going to throw this in there. It's going to make a bunch of noise, and everybody's going to hear that. Not just putting it in there. It's not like it wasn't like writing a check back then. You had, you would have had coins of some kind, mm-hmm. so you would have you would have made a bunch of noise as you threw it in there. Again, a show. You're drawing attention because when you hear a lot of clanking and clattering of coins, and maybe I'm thinking of a treasure chest. You know what I mean? You got gold necklaces or whatever it is. They're giving out of their abundance. We don't need this, and we need to give to give to charity this year for our taxes, throw this gold necklace in there. You know what I mean? When that happens, everyone turns their eyes. What do you do? When something loud happens at church or at a ball game or whatever it is, what do you do? You turn and look and what was that? Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden there's that showy person. There's that flamboyant person that wants attention to themselves. And then verse 42, where he begins to talk about the poor widow, mine reads, the widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. She didn't throw it in. She put it in. Really stands out to me that they, the rich threw it in. This poor widow came along, and it's almost that this is all I have to offer. Yeah. Almost a somber moment, like, here's what I got. This lady's doing it out of sacrifice, not out of abundance. And so yeah. my best thought process, if I was there looking at the situation with Jesus, I would see her putting it in, and I would probably, we would probably see her praying, Lord, this is all I have. I trust in you for my next meal. How many times do we do that? Whether it's giving at church or giving if it's a lot of money. More than we're comfortable normally giving, we feel led to give to this and oh my gosh. How many times are we, Lord, I trust in you. This old lady trusted that God was going to provide. And that's how it was in the Old Testament. They trusted in God and every morning in the desert they woke up and there was manna. They were only allowed to pick up enough that they needed for the day. Well, how you don't know if it's going to come tomorrow. Doesn't it make sense to grab a little bit more just to make sure you're provided for? God said, no, you're going to trust in me. I'm only going to be providing manna that you need for the day. But every day they went back out, and there it was again. So this this old woman, she gives it all, trusting that she's going to be taken care of. And you can go to verse 44 there. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This was everything she had. She had a few cents to live on. Like, I can't even fathom that. Like, that's just hard to picture. And I think um, it's a great example of it doesn't matter how much you're giving. And it doesn't matter how flashy you are as you're looking at these two sections. It has a lot to do with the heart and why you're giving and has very little to do with how much you're giving. Yeah. It's, it's about the heart. It's always about the heart, I think. Not always, but a lot of times, God wants to know your heart. God sometimes is going to put us in situations, and maybe it's not money. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's our time. God is going to allow us to be put in situations Ooh. where he's going to say, I'm going to need you to give up a Saturday. The only Saturday of the month you had between ball games, between jobs, between school, whatever you have going on, you had one Saturday off. I'm going to ask you to give that up. Because I got something I need you to do for me. What's a heart in that? And and Aaron's sitting here giving me a face like, oh boy, that's convicting. It's convicting for me too as I say it is how many times we say, oh, fine, I'll go do this. Or how many times we're like, all right, Lord, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it for you. Still maybe not wanting to, still maybe wishing a Saturday just hanging out at home would be great. But God's got something else for me today. And so my heart is going to be, yes, Lord. Oh, how many, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're bringing up time and I've booked a trip for a mini vacation, but how, I'm, this is what thought was going through my head that's convicting. How many times have you used your vacation time for kingdom work? Mm. It's much easier to book that vacation oh, than yeah. it is to say, okay, I'll give up one of my days off. Yeah, that, I mean, that was thought going through my head because I just, I just literally booked a trip and like, and for the ministry we serve in, I take some time off for that, but it, like, it's not, 
near as much as I do for vacation time. Or Or not even vacation, but just your own stuff. Yeah. Are you only doing church on Sundays or are you allowing God to use your time during the week? Like you do on the Monday night Bible study. That's a whole nother evening away from your family. But God calls us to do stuff like that, to have community, to study the word. And so sometimes you, we do need to sacrifice. And I remember there are times where the, the Monday night Bible study, I do not want to go to that. I do not. I want to stay home. Just like I was saying, I've worked hard all week, all weekend. I feel like I didn't get to sit down. I'm staying at home. How many Sundays I've woken up and said, I'm not going to church this week. Right. I had to get up early on Saturday yesterday. I need one day to sleep in. Man, that's become so easy now because you can be like, I'll just watch it online. Yeah, it has. And I don't remember what episode we talked about. A lot of times when you you go to church, it's not about you. It's about somebody else that you're going to run into, you're going to talk to, that finds joy in seeing you or that conversation that needed to happen. Or maybe it's a conversation that leads to you praying um, but hopefully not a lengthy, boastful prayer that we're talking <laughs> about up in the, the first section here. Yeah. But that's some of the purpose be, behind going to church is the community and is getting to that unity as a body of Christ. I think the, the other thing we got to mention, there there's nothing wrong with having wealth. Correct. And, and I think 95% of Americans or something like that. I forget the actual statistic. I should have looked it up, but this is coming to me as we're sitting here, are richer than the majority of the world. Yeah, correct. It's something like if you have $4,000 in, in wealth, you're richer than 90% of the world. And like if you have a job in America part-time, you're making more than $4,000 a year. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with having wealth. And there's nothing wrong with giving a lot, but are you doing it with the right heart check? And I think that goes along with, like you said, we're kind of just talking here. I don't know the exact verse, but being good stewards of our resources, which again, can be very hypocritical. We blow money like it's nothing, right? Like most of the world doesn't have, we blow on a week or on a day and being the good steward of the resources that we have, whether it's money or time or whatever it is. Because if we don't have that, we can't give that. And God is asking us to give. I feel like Jesus wouldn't have talked about this, especially in the giving part of it, if that wasn't something he wanted us to do. He wouldn't have talked about, hey, look at this lady giving all that she had. If there wasn't something about this that he said, remember her, because I might ask you to give a lot one day and make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Bless the life. Um, I don't remember who wrote the book, but he talks about uh, this very scenario, and he felt like God told him to give everything he had. And he's like, all right, I'll give my savings account. And he's like, no, God said everything. He drained his 401k. Oh, Lordy. Like he gave everything he had, but in the end, he got it all back plus some. But it's one of those things. Sometimes when it, if God's telling you, like in this moment, I'm I'm guessing this w- this lady was, she felt like she had to give her two cents. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine it would be nice to know the follow-up to this lady. <laughs> yeah. Like what what was she blessed with in the end? Yeah. Because she was obedient to God and what God was telling her to do in that moment. Because she's probably thinking, I need to buy some bread tomorrow. I need to buy fish, whatever it was, or pay taxes. 
who who knows, but she gave her last of what she had. And I can't help but imagine that she was blessed somehow, not because she gave everything she had, but because she was obedient to what God was telling her in that moment. Yeah, and I think the obedience is what matters. But in that situation that you're talking about, that writer, if we go into it, and here, here's where I think go back to the heart. If we go into it saying, God asked me to give everything, I'm going to give everything, but he's going to give back, and I'm oh, going to yeah. have, that's a heart problem. Yep. I'm doing this so that I can get a return. I've read Job. You he bet. gives up twice as much. I've read this book you're reading. That's prosperity gospel. That That's not true. Like I said earlier, when you get the pat on the back here on earth, that's going to be your pat on the back. So he might provide double what you gave, and that'll be awesome here on earth. But with eternity, it would be, in my opinion, better that you, you get enough to go buy. You're going to have two Girl Scout satchels. Yeah. Or what are those? The, yeah. What episode <laughs> was that? Satchel, I love but, that uh, episode. I don't know. But, the sash. Um, there you go. Yeah, the sash, sash of rewards, the crowns. If you're going into it wanting to get double, God says, test me in giving. If you're doing that to say he's going to provide so much that my storehouses are going to be overflowing, and that's the reason you're doing it, not to bless God, not to bless people, not to be obedient, if that's your heart, then you have a heart problem. Yep. You better you better be sure that that is God telling you to do that in that moment. If your if your heart's not in the right spot, I mean, we're talking about false teachers here, right? And the the devil loves to take scripture and twist it and use it against you. And that could be one of those moments where it's like, yeah, you're given thinking you're going to get double back. You're not because that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, God does provide and God does give generously. But if our attitude is, look at me, or our attitude is, look what I'm going to get back, or on the flip side, is our attitude, Lord, this is all I can give because this is all I have and you've asked me to do it, Lord, please provide for tomorrow. Yep. So this week, as we wrap this episode up, reflect on yourself. Reflect on maybe your giving of time, maybe your giving of resources. Where is your heart? Is your heart, Lord, all glory to you? You'll provide or is it a look at me and look what I've done? Uh, reflect on that. Head over to Facebook. Join us there. Join us in conversation over there. And join us next week on the Two Fish Podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this episode, hit those like and subscribe buttons. Also, head over to twofishpodcast.com to join the rest of the Two Fish community and all of our social media platforms.